ladies and gents, uh, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, today we're going to be talking about space uh, and not the space that we associate with Elon Musk. Um, we're going to be talking a little bit about spatial technology with Pablo and Slamcorp. So Pablo's CTO of a company called Slamcorp. He's going to give us um, some seriously good context into them um, and the algorithms that make up spatial technology, robots, drones, and they can actually understand the space that's around them. So uh, is that an all right intro, Pablo? Yeah, you good? I think that's good. Yeah, uh, nice talking to you. Elliot, thanks for the invitation good. to join the podcast. Pleasure. Pleasure. Give us a little bit of a background into uh, um, the man Pablo and and your background. That'll set the scene. Yeah, so um, my background, I originally come from uh, Madrid, Spain. So basically after kind of unsuccessful career in football and basketball, I decided to <laughs> to do a PhD in robotics. Okay, uh, so... I can see the tie. Actually, yeah. <laughs> I did actually. Well, first I studied kind of in Spain. It's called uh, telecommunications engineering, which is a mix of electronics, electrical engineering, and a bit of computer science. And then yeah. uh, once I finished, I I was always kind of interested into uh, you know working on technology and working on, on engineering uh, to help uh, to help people and improve the quality of life of people in general. So I went to Sweden. I spent one year uh, doing a master and doing research in, in biomedical engineering, okay. a bit of uh, medical imaging, signal processing, biomechanics. And then got back to Spain uh, to to the uni where I studied in uh, in Madrid. Kind of my advisor uh, proposed me like, oh, you know, you like doing things for people. Why don't you you work on a PhD thesis on on visual Islam? Uh, for uh, blind people, basically to uh, provide for blind users to carry like a camera uh, and in a way provide like a sort of a GPS, but more accurate. And I said like, oh yeah, that sounds very cool. And uh, I didn't know at the time many things about the slam. So that was, yeah, more than 10 years ago. I think I, I did start in my, I did a start in 2008 and finished in 2011, something like that, my PhD. So, you know, the goal was, okay, build 3D models of CTS-scale 3D models, and then uh, we can use those for navigation and give uh, assistance to visual impaired users. Sort of you get something like it's uh, centimeter accurate positioning rather than meters accurate, like uh, GPS, and also it helps you to detect obstacles and so forth and so on. Uh, so after that, I spent... Uh, Several years working in academia and different places, uh, basically working in Islam and computer vision, but different applications. So I spent one year in France working in Islam, but in uh, laparoscopy or colonoscopy, uh, also to reconstruct in 3D polyps uh, and then give a classification if this is good or bad. Then also went after that uh, to the US, uh, work on Islam, more for autonomous driving or autonomous drones. Nice. Uh, it's kind of very similar technology, but you can apply to to many, many different verticals. Uh, yeah. And then I uh, moved to the UK in, I think it was 2000, 
13, 14, spent two years working in Toshiba Research uh, in Cambridge, a lovely city, lovely place. I was working on autonomous driving at the time, and that's sort of when in, in the computer vision field, uh, people started to think, okay, oh yeah, this deep learning, what is this all about? This, this yeah. is pretty cool. Uh, so I started to work more on deep learning for autonomous driving. And then after two years, I joined iRobot Corporation. Yeah, uh, I was based in London, but the team was in the US, and I was working on the future capabilities of the of the Roombas. So now they have very cool products like the Roomba. I think it's called i7 and S9 that you can tell the robot go and clean the kitchen. So I was working on the this localization and mapping for being persistent across uh, multiple runs. And then, yeah, I basically at the time, uh, I think it was uh, in end of 2000. 17, something like that. Yeah. I knew some of those Slamcore co-founders because I collaborated with uh, uh, Andrew Davison in particular, who is one professor at Imperial College yeah. and very well known in the in the Slam field. Uh, you know, he told me about the Slamcore and it was very early days for the Slamcore. The company's a spin-out of Imperial College. It was created in 2016, but they didn't start hiring people until 2017. Fine. And then I, I decided to join them um, about four years ago. So I was one of the very early hires. Uh, when I joined, we were about like five people in a small office in Hammersmith. And yeah. Initially, I joined as uh, head of research uh, and also like some of my Task and the things that I've been working on at the company. Uh, on the one hand, it's uh, yeah helping to to build a team, grow the company, and at yep. the same time, helping to build the technology that we uh, commercialize at the moment. And also as, as head of research, kind of yeah, like yeah, supervising the long-term uh, research agenda of the company. About one year ago, at the start of the pandemic, I was uh, appointed as CTO. Uh, so challenging because it's like, okay, now I have so much work to do. Also, I had a newborn. And there was like all this pandemic that we didn't know what was going on and we had to work from home. But, you know, I accepted the challenge and, and I'm still here. <laughs> so just thankfully, thankfully, thankfully. <laughs> you, you've really done the rounds location wise and um, companies wise moving around. I quite like that. that. That's probably accentuated, I guess, some of the learning and different environments that you've seen. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I mean, well, in a way, it's uh, one one of the good things uh, when I did uh, the PhD in Spain. It's like they gave me like uh, three months per year. I could go on an internship, uh, fully paid, uh, somewhere else in the world that would accept me to basically work, work for free on research. Um, that basically gave me the opportunity to meet other people, understand yeah. other points of view, and uh, basically improve as a researcher. And then that's something that uh, then professionals as well in industry, you know, I, I like uh, changing places, live in different countries, and nice. so far and so on. <laughs> but now I've been in the UK, I think this is my seventh year in a row. So uh, now I'm, I'm a little bit stable, I would say. Good. Good. Uh, I must ask, uh, I've done actually done my first Joe Rogan here, if you like, where I've quickly Googled something. So I knew this offline anyway, I just wanted to have a quick, a quick Google. What is SLAM? 
help us understand slam. That's quite consistent in some of your messaging. Yeah, so slam stands for a simultaneous localization and mapping. What it's all about is it's uh, well, Islam. It's, it's kind of maybe a few techniques or or an area of research, basically like it's for for robots or any kind of sensor that has uh, well cameras, any moving sensor, basically or robot yeah. or an autonomous car, is basically to understand your position in the world. First, uh, you track some some landmarks in the space from which you can estimate your position. And then at yep. the same time, you are mapping and creating this uh, map from the world that you use to estimate your uh, location okay. in the space. Okay. So it sounds simple, what? but uh, it's it's a bit more complicated than that. But <laughs> oh, trust oh, trust me. No, I I can imagine. <laughs> I can imagine. I'm going to touch on that a, a little bit later because. I've done a little bit of research into this previously and n- no way near as close to you guys. Um, object mapping, heat sensitivity. I, I can imagine there's a number of different facets that probably make up how you build some of your models. Um, but I'm keen to understand the SLAM core offering. So... Mm-hmm. We understand Slam. Let's understand Slam Core. What do you yeah. do as a business for your customers? Yeah, basically, since uh, Slam, in a way, it's uh, complex and it's very broad. It, it depends also in the sensor that you choose for your particular robot or your autonomous car, and so far and so on. And also building the technology, uh, building a Slam system that works in, in a real application is challenging. It may take uh, for a company a few years of development, considering wow. that you can hire uh, experts in Islam, normally people that have spent many years of their careers working in industry, building the systems. Um, sometimes it's people also coming from academia. They normally have a PhD in Islam, and then they move to industry. Uh, so finding those people, it's it's very challenging because there are not yeah. so many available in the world. So yeah. what Slamcore does is basically what we provide to companies is an SDK. So Slam SDK targeting uh, visual inertial sensors. So we partner with hardware companies uh, uh, that more or less uh, the, the, the cameras that these companies uh, sell or the compute platforms are popular within the robotics industry. So it's like platform that anyone uh, can buy. And then we partner with these companies and then we develop our SDK that supports a variety of sensors and a variety of compute platforms. So basically we provide this SDK to companies and we tell them, okay, well, I mean, all the headaches of Islam, all your sensor calibration, all the money that you need to put in to invest into the Islam team and develop this technology, that's gone. You can focus on, on your real application and what you want to do at the end of the day with your yep. robot. And we will take care of the calibration, the positioning and mapping for you. So okay. it simplifies uh, lots of things for uh, for companies if they use our SDK. And, and depending on the sensors, do, do you have to alter how you build your software? Our software, it's uh, modular in the sense that we well, put a, a lot of effort in trying to make the system modular to support different sensor configurations. 
okay. uh, because we we are a software company, but we appreciate that at the end of the day, hardware is also critical uh, in Slam. Yeah. But then instead of saying like, okay, let's build hardware plus software, we said, okay, let's focus on the software, support multiple platforms. That gives more chances for, for companies and users to decide what, what is going to be the sensor that they're going to use. So we primarily focus on cameras plus IMU. So IMUs stand for uh, inertial measurement units, very cheap sensors. Uh, we have those days in our mobile phones, uh, basically gives you accelerometer and gyroscope for rotation. Yeah. So we combine that information with information coming from cameras, which, which it's uh, uh, cameras are cheap these days to build these maps and provide localization. Uh, but then also we are experts in sensor fusion. At the end of the day, Islam, it's, it's sensor fusion. It's, you get sensor readings, uh, you combine those in a probabilistic way, and then you get your map and uh, your localization. So in that sense, uh, if, you know, if someone says like, oh, I want to use uh, LiDAR because it's a particular requirement in my industry, yeah, we can also incorporate LiDAR into our system. Uh, our SDK at the moment supports also wheel odometry because many of the robotics uh, applications, you know, they are robots with wheels moving on a ground plane. And yeah. the information from the wheels give you some extra information, which is very important to robustify the, the system. Okay. Uh, are you able to give us a couple of examples of where... Um, some of your software is being used in robots or drones. Maybe that listeners would understand, I guess, where it is being deployed. Yeah. So for us, I think yeah, twenty twenty one. I think yeah, last year we uh, started to roll out our SDK on a on a much wider base, and this year has been kind of uh, for us all about commercial traction. So. Okay. Uh, I'm the technical guy, I'm not the commercial. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, uh, I think at the moment we, we may have like about a list of 100 companies at different stages of the of the commercial funnel and some companies yes. waiting list to use the SDK. So we have a variety of companies using our system, some of them uh, relatively small companies, some of them are startups uh, using our technology for uh, nice. different applications uh, like uh, drones, last mile delivery, robot, warehouse yep. robotics. There is a lot of warehouse robotics. And then yep. we have also some other uh, projects a bit with more like uh, bigger companies. But yeah, some, some examples could be like uh, yeah, last mile de delivery, wheeled robots, uh, robots in warehouses, uh, drones, social robots. And those are some examples. Nice. Well, where do some of the technical or software challenges come in doing what you do, building spatial technology? Where are the challenges? So. Some of the challenges, it's, uh, I guess, flexibility. Some of the problems that there are in the, in, in the industry, in the special AI, uh, is like if a particular company build a special AI technology, if they build that technology themselves, it will take them like a few years of development, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, basically because the technology is complex. And sometimes they will focus on a particular application, like let's say, uh, maybe a robot vacuum cleaner or AR headset. 
then if that company then wants to apply the same SLAM technology to a different kind of robot or, or application, now you want to port it to a social robot or to a drone. Yeah, It's quite complex. Um, most of the time, you will sort of start from scratch to build another SLAM framework for uh, for that application. And what we try to do is to be modular and flexible enough so that our SDK can be used across different applications, uh, different robots uh, without so many pain points and headaches. And then it's, of course, uh, you know, robotics in general, I think robotics is it's hard. It's a challenging field because robots, they need to operate in, 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 in real life. Um, yeah. the, the, some of the successful robots that we have these days, they operate only in very controlled conditions, but the world is dynamic. Uh, you have lighting changes, you have uh, weather changes, um, robots, they need to operate out there. Right? So yeah. uh, it's also, uh, you know, working. Islam has been a technology that has been in academia for many years already. I would say like maybe about 30 years. Yeah. But there is a big difference between, you know, something that you do in academia that works in your benchmark very limited benchmark uh, most of the time versus something that has to work 100% of the time out in the real world. Yeah. Uh, in a way, some of the challenges are in, in the robotics industry in, uh, is uh, uncontrolled environments, dynamic environments. It, it shares some similarities with uh, some of the challenges in autonomous driving where there are lots of corner cases in the, in the real world and uncontrolled scenarios. Where do you think that breakthrough comes? Because if you've been in an academic setting for 30 years as in SLAM as a collective, where does that breakthrough come where, in your opinion, where robots can, I guess, sustain in a dynamic environment or the real world, if you like? The way I see it, we are at the beginning of the robotics revolution, if we want to call okay. it that way. We do have some very uh, successful uh, examples in, in robotics about very cool products. Uh, some examples are the robot vacuum cleaners, for example, Roombas from my robot. Then we have like uh, amazing robots like uh, a Spot from Boston Dynamics. We have AR headsets, AR VR headsets mm. that they have a slam system. And at the moment, they are very very robust solutions. Uh, but then I guess there are some limitations about what these solutions may may offer, for example. Yeah. At the end of the day, one of the, I guess the most popular robot in, in terms of volume in uh, consumer electronics, it's uh, robot vacuum cleaners. There are still lots of problems like you, I have one at home and I use it on kind of on a on a weekly or almost daily basis, some of the headaches is like your robot get, gets lost in the house. Then you need to go somewhere in the house, find the robot, get it back to the base. Uh, okay. And that's fr frustrating. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, yeah. or sometimes the robot may not understand like, oh, this is, uh, I don't know, this is a cable or these are clothes. And you, you don't want the robot to mess up with those things. Yeah. So uh, that's... Some limitations uh, at the moment, but yeah, the scary thing is that you're you're cleaning your house on a daily basis. That scares me. 
Um, no, probably that was a bit too much. No, uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, of course, I'm kidding. Will we or could we have a drone or robot takeover at some point? Takeover? What do you mean? Uh, rule the world or what? <laughs> yeah, I probably. Uh, I don't mean it literally yeah. as in rule the world. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm not terrified of that. Don't worry. But as in where they where they are so prevalent in our lives. Like you, you talk about quite a lot of um, support cases there. The vacuum cleaner, for example, that that is such a good support case that facilitates us. Yeah. Last mile delivery aspects. And I'm sure there are so many use cases that are being built right now that I can't even comprehend. But I guess what I'm trying to understand is where does that stop? Do do we have everything that is going to be robotized around us, or is there a world that that could happen like that? Well, I think we're gonna see in 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 the next few years, like uh, we're gonna see an increase of robots in our daily lives. We are gonna see an increase of robots in our houses, but also in industry. We're gonna see like uh, especially kind of for very uh, mechanic jobs or automation uh, warehouses logistics i think we're gonna see uh, more robots taking o- over but also at home now i mean it's, it's kind of interesting because uh, i have two two small daughters one uh, one is three years old and the other one is one year old uh, they go to nursery and uh, last weekend we met with uh, one of her friends yeah, uh, we went to to the house and they have a roll vacuum cleaner. And then they the, the children already they are used to live with uh, some robots within the house. Then they get mm. familiarized with those robots. They put the robots funny names or names that they like. Uh, yeah. In in my house we have uh, an Alexa as well. And uh, my yeah. daughter she's so good she already talks to Alexa, asks for songs, things like that. So, yeah, I think for, for, for new generations, you know, it's going to be like like given already that that in a way they, they know how to interact with robots. Whereas I think maybe my generation, you know, some people uh, get used to it, others may not. And then if we go like uh, my mom's generation, you know, I, I try to explain my mom, I don't know how many times how to use Alexa or how to use uh road vacuum cleaner but i haven't been very successful uh and then people interact with the robots so so yeah i think as i said we are sort of at the the beginning of the robotics revolution and uh, in the next few years i hope like we will have more robots in our houses that facilitate our daily lives uh we're probably gonna have lawnmowers i mean we do have already mopping vacuum cleaners maybe uh doing i hate doing the laundry and then ironing uh so i hope we will have robots to do that and also now with all uh uh, covid and pandemic like uh Mm. robots that disinfect hospitals houses uh, i think that they're getting very popular um so one of the challenges in, in, in kind of in the industry, and also it's part why Slamcore is here, that then in a way, I've talked about many different robot applications and many robots. At the end, most of the robots, if you wanted to move autonomously, they need a slam system under the hood. What it doesn't make sense 
to me is that each of these robots, each of these companies, they develop their own uh, internal uh, localization and mapping solution. So then yeah. the the map that your vacuum cleaner is using, it cannot be shared for your uh, Lamauer robot or another robot that you have at home. So okay. that's where Slamcore, I think, uh, we can help to build this localization and mapping ecosystem so that okay. our software can be used across many different robots. And at the end of the day, it's like all are using the same kind of map standard, if you want to call it, rather than everyone building yep. things on its own. Let, let's go with map standard then. And, and you talk about... Um... I guess the hardware having slam under the hood. Uh, help us understand a little bit more about uh, the sensors that that make up some of these robots. Because a little bit like I said earlier in the show, yeah, object mapping, sensitivity. You touch on lighting. Actually, moving a robot to a dynamic world. How how are some of these sensors? actually made up yeah so uh one of the, there there are many things to consider when you choose uh your sensor combo for your particular okay. robot uh one it's a uh, you know accuracy that you want to achieve reliability cost if it's for consumer electronics cost is important so yeah. de- depending on that you choose from uh a variety of sensors. I guess the most standard sensors in robotics, we have cameras, we have uh, IMU, we have uh, wheel encoders, we have 2D lasers, 3D LiDAR. Uh, Then you may also have manipulators. Uh, That's how robots will interact physically with the world. Uh, So based on your application and your requirements, you will uh, choose your uh, sensor combination. Plus also you need to choose the right compute uh, for your application because yeah. maybe AR, AR headset, for example, you require uh, to, to be like very fast, very uh, very high frequency yeah. because you are moving your head very, very fast. Same as, for example, a drone. And maybe you need like uh, yeah, very kind of, uh, you need a real-time implementation and you need like maybe a relatively expensive hardware uh, but then there could be other applications that you don't need that real-time capability. And yeah. you can do it with a cheaper hardware, for example. Nice. Okay. So, so it's a lot of uh, hyperparameters that you need to you need to decide when you're building a robot. Yeah, I guess it's work. It's reverse engineering. What what do you actually want that well not what do you want that robot to do? What will that robot do? encounter come into contact with drone obviously flying um and work backwards from that okay understood uh, help us understand a little bit more about your relationship with real sense then that this is this is quite an interesting relationship so help us understand a bit more about that yeah so with uh into real sense uh i mean uh we we, we partnered with a few hardware companies uh but for us, it's like we want to kind of commercialize our SDK and use sensors that are widely available in the in the industry. 
So from that point of view, uh, I mean, real Suns in the last few years, they have released uh, very uh, amazing cameras that are relatively cheap and have all sort of sensors that we need for um, our application. So the cameras, they have a visible camera that we use for tracking. They have depth cameras that we use for mapping purposes. They also have RGB sensor that normally we use RGB for perception-related deep learning capabilities for semantics and understanding. And they have also IMU, all okay. hardware synchronized in a single chip at a relatively low cost. So uh, that's that's very good for us. And then also companies, uh, you know, most of the robotics companies that you may talk to, most of them, they have already some real sense cameras. So we partner with Intel, uh, yes, basically to commercialize uh, our solutions supporting their cameras. And they keep yep. on releasing new cameras, uh, new sensors that we would like to support in the future. Uh, nice. We are in, in close collaboration with them. Okay. What, what's an IMU? I've an heard you mention that. Yeah, it's an inertial measurement unit. Uh, okay. So that's what you have in your phone, at least. Uh, when you rotate your phone, that's what is used to, at least the, the gyroscope, to rotate your screen. Uh, okay. Or any augmented okay. reality that you do in your phone, it will be probably using the, the IMU. Nice. Okay. Um, you're the technical guy. You don't do the commercials. Understand that. <laughs> well, you Where's... can have me on the commercials as well, but uh, fine. You, you okay. <laughs> There's permission. Um, where's next for Slamcore? You've given us um, thirty solid minutes on. Um, drones, robots, and what's under the hood. But wh where's next for Slamcore and the business? The, this real sense collaboration, um, I, I think, will will hopefully really help the business. But where where else do you see yourselves heading? Yeah, so I think for us in 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 the next few months uh, and next year, all what it's going to be about is uh, about uh, scaling. Uh, so this year we're getting some commercial traction. We already have had some design wins uh, with some important companies that are using our solution uh, now sort of at a prototype stage, but then there is kind of like a commercialization phase yeah. that we are getting into. And it's about the scaling in the sense to scale the team, grow the team, so we can collaborate and provide solutions to many more companies. And also okay. to, to work in our roadmap uh, and facilitate, yeah, support more sensors, support different compute platforms. I said like we are supporting in our SDK at the moment stereo camera, uh, yeah. but there are many other applications that customers are looking into single camera. Single camera is more challenging and it's less robust, but of course it's cheaper. Or, or multi-camera systems uh, because uh, okay. you will get more robust solutions. Or also LiDAR integration, uh, because in some industries, yeah, you may want to use a LiDAR for safety reasons, for example. So yeah. it's about ex expanding the features that we have uh, in our SDK uh, nice. that, that will enable us to uh, collaborate and help more uh, companies in our journey. Nice. And uh, the SDK traveled a million kilometers 
I saw really recently you hit that milestone. So here's to the next a million. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully, I mean, we can have like uh, close to a million of kilometers uh, per day in the next future. Good. That's yeah, the nice. Goal. Good. Um, so you talk about scaling a team. Help us understand a little bit about what you're looking for. For people listening, just help us understand that part. Yeah. So in terms of what I talk about is scaling the team, basically I'm talking like kind of mid, mid horizon at the moment. We do have like some openings, uh, I think one or two openings in our website, but I think in the next few months, uh, we will have to scale the team. Basically we need to add more people, uh, for, uh, marketing sales and commercial, because most, most, we are like about 30 people and the core, most of the people come from a technical background. So yep. we, we got this far with a very little, uh, very little number of people working in marketing, commercial and sales. Yep. Then we do also, uh, need to add more people into product team, uh, basically people that will, uh, collaborate with uh, all these companies that they want to work with us and we can give them support, troubleshooting, work on some features that these uh, companies may be asking. And basically, very good. Uh, we do have very good engineers and researchers, but yeah, adding more good Always engineers to the team. So we have a bit of a mix in terms of technical skills uh, because of the challenges of uh implementing the SLAM in, 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 in real applications. So we normally look uh, for uh, very talented C++ engineers yeah. uh, that they have expertise running special AI solutions on embedded hardware, uh, running things very fast that they know how to optimize things. And also people that they have understanding either in uh, calibration of uh, visual inertial sensors or robotics, uh, or slam mapping and also we have uh, a, a small team at the moment which is more they are working more at the intersection between deep learning and slam and how to get best of both worlds so also yeah we're looking more into uh, solutions that will combine also deep learning uh, within the slam framework okay. as well largely we're engineering focused so um, embedded engineers low-level engineers come and have a chat with Pablo, some of the team at Slamcore. If anyone else catches this, product sales, marketing related, then of course, um, reach out to the guys and girls at Slamcore if you like what you hear. Pablo, a massive, massive thanks for for joining us. Some, some awesome insights into what happens under the hood on uh, some of our favorite, if you like, um, applications or day-to-days and and what we do or what surrounds us if you like so thanks for those insights yeah thank you very much uh i mean also i i encourage everyone that wants to learn a little bit more about islam and uh what we are doing we do normally write blogs on on a frequent basis so if you go to our website islamcore.com You'll be able to see the blogs, also careers, and uh, you can learn more about what we're up to. And below as well. So if we can all share, like it, show our friends, show our friends who love robotics, that would be massively, massively appreciated. And 
huge love from F1 engineers. And big thanks, Pablo. Thank you very much, Elliot. Absolute pleasure. See you soon. Hey guys, thanks for watching this episode. Uh, massively appreciate you listening and checking in with us. If you want to find out more about us and what we're doing, please check us out on social media. What we're trying to do at Engineers is build a community to drive knowledge, sharing and experiences. On Twitter, we can be found at engineers.io. It's no underscore. We've also got a website, which is engineers.io. These links will all be posted in the description. Any feedback and comments are massively appreciated. We're always looking to improve on where we can. Thanks, guys.